Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and unfortunately, we have lost another member of our dear wrestling family. Uh, Steve Kane will be with us momentarily to talk about that. Um, this brings the death toll uh, for this year so far up to 28, and we are at the 30th of April, unfortunately. And, um, you know, we, have, we are getting affected by more than just... Uh, COVID-19 and um, obviously, you know, old age plays a factor to some of these guys, but um, nobody should be going the way that some of these guys have been going. And it's it's not just people in the wrestling community. It's everywhere. Um, I am going to try my best to open the show. Um, I think we have a caller with us. Um, Katie, you want to grab that caller? I think that might be Casey. All right. Can anybody hear me? Okay. Okay. Uh, I hear you, Sean. All right. Will you grab that caller? I think that's, yes. I think that's Casey Carlisle in, in, uh, waiting in queue. If somebody would grab that, please and make sure that's her and we'll get started with this thing. Okay. Um, folks, we're going to take a quick little song break, kind of open this show. We'll let Steve say his piece on his lost friend here in just a few moments and, uh, see what I'm in the mood for here right now. We'll just open with this. Oh, now you want
Wrestling Authority Radio with your hosts, Chaotic Katie and Sadistic Sean David. Lock and load wrestling fans, it's time for war. Welcome everyone I need, to another. I need to remove that of, one off the board. Yeah, welcome like everyone. It. Welcome everyone to another loaded edition of Wrestling Authority Radio. My name is Statistic Sean David, along with my co-host, the Dean of Wrestling Referees, Steve Kane. Chaotic Katie. The only reason why this show will never be a bag of dicks. Sorry. And we'll get to our guest, Casey <laughs> Carlisle, in just a couple minutes. Um, is she this here? did not get. Yes, she is. Well, this we is are going we're going to get to that in just a couple minutes. I want to replay this and let Steve say his piece about uh, another member of the wrestling community that we lost. We didn't get to do this opening properly, so we're going to go ahead and redo this now. Sorry, Casey. I tried. Okay, well, just uh, a couple days after we uh, did our uh, show last week, lost another member of the fraternity, um, this time another one of our Chicago guys, Ed Ross, a.k.a. Haystacks Ross. Now, Eddie was a big boy. He was about uh, 6'3", 350, um, and... That is a big boy. Uh, Sam DeCero, our promoter, gave him the haystacks gimmick with the bib overalls and that. He used to come into uh, Molly Hatchet's flirting with disaster, played the Sweet. friendly, gentle giant until you rubbed him the wrong way, and then he totally destroyed him. Um, one, of, uh, one, of, one of his first matches, in fact, actually, <laughs> I booked the entire thing, and uh, Sam, I don't even think to this day, knows that I did it. Um, he was working one of our other guys, tap, tap, tap. I hear that. Um, yeah, I'm making hot chocolate. All right. Well, okay. So I, I, I literally, I set up the entire match from opening to finish, which the finish was that the guy came off the, off the ropes into a uh, bear hug. Um, then uh, he tried he tried doing a few headbutts to uh, to break it. Wound up knocking himself unconscious. I did the raise the arm up three times. That's it. Ring the bell. We dropped him, let him fall, and Eddie got over. Um, of course, Eddie always got over. I mean, he was loved. He was loved by the fans. He was. Love throughout the locker room. Um, we we're hoping to actually uh, 
get him back in the ring this year for another for for another event, sort of reunion event, and that. But uh, well, unfortunately, that's not going to happen now with him. That hurts. Yeah, it does. Hurts worse because because, uh, because of the, because you know obviously now, well, with the current situation, you know whatever funeral there may be, I can't even go to. Nope. And that's the other sad thing about this. Um, and the other sad thing about this was I had actually talked to uh, another good friend of ours, Steve, that we're going to be doing some work with this summer about who were some other guys up in that area that we could bring into the fold. And that was the name that popped up. And now, you know, unfortunately, that's another one that's gone. Um, yeah, It's sad. Like I said at the opening it of the show, we have lost at least 28 to 30 members of the fraternity yeah, known 20, as professional wrestling. Um, he's, yeah, so he's far. number 28. So, um, well, you know, we're not going to keep this uh, feisty young lady waiting any longer. Ladies and gentlemen, please yeah. welcome making her return to the Wrestling Authority Radio Airwaves, Casey Carlisle. Hey, and darling. the crowd goes wild. Hey, guys. How hey. are you? Good, good, good. Hold on. I got to make this official. There we go. I got one popped open. So. Do you? Got it. Well, sorry. I'm not close to the fridge. We're official. We're good to go now. <laughs> what, what exactly is it that got popped open there? I, I don't know if I want to know. Casey. Get it strapped. All right. What is it? <laughs> A Guinness. The Guinness draft. Oh, a Guinness. Okay. All right. Got you. In, I am in, uh, the dark, in the dark bottle. Nice. I actually popped open a Goose Island IPA. I'm in Canada. I... It's le- yeah, I'm in Canada. Yep. It's legal, so I'm having a hot chocolate laced with coffee and a joint. Nothing oh. wrong with it. I like that you say laced with coffee. <laughs> like yeah. it's a bad thing. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> I was waiting to hear All something right. scandalous, and it was laced with yeah. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> but I can put yeah. Bailey's. Well, there you go. Bailey's in it. I have Bailey's. <laughs> better. That's better. I mean, hey, How are you guys? The two, the two things. The two things wrestlers know more about than anything than anything else in this world. Coffee and alcohol because we consume copious amounts of Um yeah. And then and then there's you know the caffeine addicts like me that everybody is like, Hey Sean, you're putting on some weight. Twenty Ooh. Mountain Dews later. Hey Sean, you're putting on some weight. And it's like, well damn it <laughs> if Mountain Dew wasn't one of my sponsors and I no, didn't get all but- this free soda. Sweetheart, I'm going to tell you something straight up that you probably don't even know that you're doing to yourself. Pop like that causes visceral fat that you can't see that wraps around your organ and uh, makes you go bye-bye. That's why I don't drink pop. Unless there's booze in it. That's different. <laughs> that was about to be That's my different. little thing. I only drink it when it's yeah. mixed with rum or jack. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, um, um, there you go. I'm a, I'm a I'm a Ryan Ginger girl, but if you put it in a shot glass, it doesn't mean I'm not going to shoot it back. I am, oh yeah, I'm you're a real woman. A, Come on. Uh, how am I doing? I I am going on a diet. I I met with a nutritionist, and she says uh, we've, we've got to cut this pop out, and it's 
it's just been one of those things. It's been hard because you you know you travel like the a life of a wrestler does, and you know Ooh. some of those healthier drinks that are out there are three to four dollars, where a twenty ounce soda is a dollar. So okay, and there's something that I drink, and it's it's about a, a liter big, a liter bottle of it, and it's it's fizzy and it's bubbly, but it's fruit flavored, and it has yep. no calories, no fat, no, yep. no nothing in it. Go well, and that's it. just it. It comes. It comes with. It comes with reteaching you. yourself everything about it because some of these. Let's be honest. Some of these wrestling schools don't come with accreditation in uh, eating right and teaching you how to eat right and, and really? take care of some? yourself. Wow. wow. <laughs> Are we in a generous mood this evening? He said some. You could say most and be more accurate. <laughs> oh. <okay. laughs> Well, I don't know, man. I'm just a fan. Oh, like, like, I don't know. <laughs> um, it's the truth. So, uh, hey, Casey, hey, in a nutshell, this girl is on fire. <laughs> in a nutshell, uh, things have been good. I believe one of the last times that we all spoke to you mm-hmm. was um, mm-hmm. when you got a ri- when you got pulled over on air. And that was oh quite my God, a few that was years great. ago. That was great. <laughs> That was almost as good as the time you got arrested on air. One <laughs> of the hallmark well, moments of our show. <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly, I don't. If I remember correctly, I don't think I got pulled well, got over pulled per over. se. I think I was parked in a school parking yeah. lot at like ten yeah. o'clock at night, looking completely <laughs> shady and not at all trustworthy. <laughs> And it just so happened no. that that's when the police officer decided to let me check the school in this little town to make sure there's no, you know, delinquent yeah. hanging out. Oh, look, a car. Here's one. Oh, look, a yeah. car. Yeah. police like yeah. you wouldn't gee. believe. I get very Gosh. few tickets. Gee. But gee, a they wrestler, know me. A wrestler, looks, a wrestler looks shady. Oh, tell me it ain't so. But <laughs> it's me. Exactly. I don't look shady. My antics in the ring might be shady, but you can't tell that by looking at me. I, I look like a sweet little cupcake. <laughs> yes, she yes, do. does, actually. Yes, you I've do. seen you live. You do. <laughs> yes, you do. Totally do. Thank you. Um, She's everybody. <laughs> everything has been going hunky-dory. Um, you know, we've ran some. I've ran some events. I had a little bit of a mishap last year. We won't get into that. Somebody sabotaged it in a nutshell, and we'll just leave it at that. Gotta yes. love the wrestling business. Gotta love the wrestling business because it's 2020, and you still have people in the business like that. Um, yeah. So, what is new in the world of Casey Carlisle? I mean, my goodness, it seems like an eternity that we spoke to you. And I'm not saying that it you does. age like a fine wine, but you do age like a fine wine. So. Mm-hmm. Um, more experience, still, are, are you becoming that grizzled old veteran that uh, everybody talks about? Uh, I, I, oh, I, becoming. Oh, wow. I've been there. <laughs> 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 Come on, man. She's if not, you had asked me that, 40. like, <laughs> I am 40. Are you freaking 40? Yeah. I just she turned 40 in turned, February. She, oh, my God, yeah. 40 in February. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah cool. the big four yeah. O. No, I am uh I I've been that grizzled vet for if you had asked me that like three or four years ago, I would have said I'm getting there, but at this point I'm like, Hi, that's 
I have this grizzled vet card. It has a little grizzly bear on it. It's very cute. Aww. It has my name. I'm a member of the club. Not really, but now that I think about it, I might make myself one. Goro. Because that sounds really cool. There you go. Yeah. I like I like and it's that. A bear. That's that's actually that's actually <laughs> funny. I mean, yeah. Grizzled grizzled old vet club. I mean, you know, some people refer to that well, as Well, now I didn't use the alley, word old. Which, uh, Gee, old. Well, I didn't well, use you know, the word I mean, old. Ouch. Well, I'm not okay, talking I'm, about I'm in terms of in chronological the age. Go, I mean, me old is getting both their eyes blackened and a fat lip. Not that. <laughs> a girl <laughs> reaches a certain age and all of a sudden, oh, it's just downhill from here. Okay. Hey, we we hey, moisturize that, therefore you're, you're we look good, age. okay? Oh, see, all, women, all women have to do, this is all we have to worry about, okay, is that our boobs stay where they're supposed to stay and that we moisturize and that we never look our age, ever. So, yeah, I don't look my age. So there. So I try to not to look my age, but, you know, God bless good lighting. <laughs> honey, honey, just moisturize yeah, the right camera angle. Just scrub your face, grab a lime. Okay, you do this at night because if you do if you go in the sun with it, it'll make you burn. Grab a lime and then grab your your favorite moisturizer or coconut oil. And yeah, it's I'm telling you, emphasis. Do I eat the lime as I moisturize? What does the lime have to well, do? Well, okay. Put the lime on your face. It tightens your skin, and, and if if you do feel the need oh, 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 to bite see. it up. Okay, if there's still enough left, use it for a tequila shot. Okay? I thought I was having a snack because I was moisturizing. I'm like, dude, I can get down with that. Dude, come on. <laughs> you put the lime in the coconut. Okay, yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I'll get some yeah. coconut scented moisturizer and eat a lime. I'll be like, this is the life. That's a really good Mama. way to motivate me to do some skincare. I'm going to eat every hey, time I scrub. <laughs> Oh, well, here we go. Oh, Jenny, Jenny Bolin Short used to say moisturize, and uh, you got to moisturize. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Sean, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I look at a picture of you, and I say, you need to moisturize. Okay. Aww. <laughs> you need to moisturize. And it's like Oprah. And you need to moisturize. And you need to moisturize. And you need to moisturize. <laughs> I'm um, bad with it. I'm really you know, bad there's, with it. There's, Wrestling has evolved so much since we came onto the scene in 2013. That was seven years ago. Um, we came onto the scene with Casey Carlisle as one of our earlier guests. And talk to us about how much wrestling has changed from 2013 to now. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, think one of, I think there's been two... Three. I think there's been three major changes um, that immediately come to mind. Um, the first one is I think that the fan involvement, and I'm doing little air quotes when I say that, um, I think the fan involvement mm-hmm. at some point in time it, it started, and I feel like it's never really backed off. And what I mean by involvement, I don't mean the, the fans as in the crowd that you're working, hopefully when you're in the ring. I'm talking about like the armchair bookers and the fans who think that they should decide who is employed and who's not and who should get a push and who shouldn't. And, uh, you know, it's just wrestling fans just, and maybe it's because I don't follow much else in my life. I don't, maybe I don't have anything to compare it to, but they seem so um, comfortable 
trying to be more than a fan who's just enjoying whatever they're being given and enjoying the ride that we're trying to take them on. It's, you know, it's like they want to sit there and build the roller coaster with us to dictate when those yeah. dips and those peaks are going to happen. Um, and I've, I've seen that. I saw it start years ago. And, of course, the Internet uh, is a huge part of that. But I haven't really seen it slow down. I see it, it feels like now more than ever, uh, where everybody, you know, everyone is entitled to their opinion and they have it. But everyone thinks that they're, what they say is fact and that they know better than somebody who actually is in the business. And they get very angry if you try to tell them that it's not the case. Um, so I think that's one of the big changes from what I've seen. I think another one is the whole women's revolution gimmick that we experienced a few years mm-hmm. ago and mm-hmm. kind of are still going through. Um, I shock everybody. People, <laughs> when I do podcasts or anything, awesome. people always want to ask me, see, I'm not a fan. I shock everybody with that. I'm not a big fan of it because... I I will forever, I've worked plenty of intergender matches since years ago, before it was the cool thing to do, and I've yeah. never been a fan of it, ever. I have too old school of a brain to be able to hop on board with girls going toe-to-toe <laughs> with guys who are double their weight and double their height. Mm-hmm. I just you. can't, I can't get on board with it. I just can't. We want we want to tell the fans to suspend their disbelief in everything else we're doing, every strike we throw, every kick, every bump we take, everything. We want them – we throw ourselves around. We beat our bodies up to make this look like, you know, it's solid and to sell really well for people. But then we completely crap on it by having a girl who's – if you're me, I'm five foot two. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to bump a guy who's six foot two just by giving him a forearm to the chest or something, Bullshit. or a clothesline. Bullshit. You know. So I'm five um, foot one and a half. I'm five foot one and a half, and I, I've I've ran at a guy all five foot one and a half of me, and he was a good, I don't know, six foot one and pushing four hundred pounds, and he was a power lifter, and I threw him five feet. Yes, you can. Well, maybe you should maybe you should come take me out then and take my place because <laughs> I'm not going to no. do it. Um, no. When it comes to you know, when it comes to what we do, I'm just not. And you know, I've always it might have been on the show. Um, you know, there's always been a, a contention of of girls like I think it might have been on your guys' show. I was asked Probably. one time what um, my thoughts were with girls who were upset with the fact that they were constantly being booked for, like, gimmick matches, like a bronze yeah. series match. Or, yes. Yes. Um, yes, I think that was us, and, yeah. Yeah, and my response then is what it still is now. It's like, then don't take the booking. Like, we have control over all of this mm-hmm. stuff. So for people to be very upset with how they've, um, you know, been portrayed or the book, the the matches they've been booked in and stuff. It's like that's partially you because you said yes to it, and now you're going to be angry about. Um, I'm a woman and I am equal. The fact of the matter is, women have been getting paid more than men forever. You know, it's like we can ask mm-hmm. for double the money that the guys can because there's fewer of us than there are. And when are the guys going to rise up and demand equal pay? People would be so pissed off. Can you imagine? How many oh, how many guys would get yeah. blackballed because they demand their pay get riv- get 
you know, well, I want to get paid the same thing as the girl that you have booked on your show, they wouldn't be booked again, and people would talk so much crap on them. Well, and it's it's I just like think this. It's a double uh, standard in a lot of ways. Well, I and feel it's, it is. I'm it's like this, you. Casey. It's like this, Casey. I get booked as an announcer. I don't I don't wrestle anymore. I hardly ever manage. I'll I'll do that occasionally if you know somebody calls me and says, "Hey, I want you to manage." I'll do it. And we have an echo, and we need to find it. I hear it. It's not me. Um. So the thing about it is, is some of these people do not want to pay an announcer fifty to seventy-five bucks to drive in from another town when they're two to three hours away from their town. And it's like, look, if you're not right. going to pay me, I'm not going to come. I'm not, I'm not taking money out of my pocket unless there's somebody there that I want to work with to come be a part of your show. And that's where a mm-hmm. lot of these people get pissed. They're like, well, you can't charge $75 to an ounce. If I'm traveling three hours one way, you're damn right I'm going to charge 75 to 100 bucks to go one, you know, three hours mm-hmm. one way. Yeah. That's six hours in the car. Yeah, and right. if, you know, and, and if you're a quality ring announcer, and and I actually had a conversation, you know, anybody who contributes, people forget how many people it takes to make everything happen. You know, whether it's a ring announcer or the guy setting up the ring, or you know, who oftentimes are students, and that might be different. But I had a conversation a few years back with a buddy of mine who works as a ref, and he was getting paid peanuts, and he came to me for advice, and he said, I really I want to ask for more money, <clears throat> excuse me, and I feel like I need to, but he he was, he was, didn't want to lose his bookings over getting exactly. asked for this. And I'm like, you need to understand something, and, and I still believe in this too. This conversation was probably about four or five years ago, but it still holds true today. Referees are so completely underappreciated. I mean, I get paid what I get paid for being in that ring anywhere from eight to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. The referees are out there for how many matches? All night well, long, sometimes they're the only ref on the card, and they're up mm-hmm. and they're down, right. and they're abusing their bodies in that way just as much, and they're getting 20 bucks, really? Right, right. You well, know, well, so and the, the, the most ball famous ball. thing a promoter does is, hey, we've got a new trainee, and he's about, oh, three to four months in the business training-wise, so we're going to put him in a ref shirt and call him the ref and pay him 20 bucks because we don't want to pay a quality ref. And I've seen right. it time and, and time again. Has he been again. trained as a ref, or is he a guy that was training exactly. as a worker, and they just need a ref, and he's going to get in there and do what he did in the mini match, where you're half goofing off anyway in the school? Hopefully not. Exactly. But we know, you exactly. know. Exactly. So that's why I, I right. I'm, I'm not against women at all, clearly, because I'd be against myself, and I'm not against um, women being respected and looked at as athletes and people who are capable of achieving things that men, you know, have maybe only been associated with. That's not my my problem or my point at all. I just think, you know, there needs to be, if you're talking about equality and you're talking about how people are being treated or how people are being used and things like that, there's just so many other areas where that could be applicable, but nobody ever thinks about it or wants to talk about it, and it gets, you know, glossed over. And that's just how our business has always been, but that's why – for this women's revolution mm-hmm. to become this huge, huge thing where people, you know, like, I, I mean, I saw some girls who started to get on the high horse about it and, you know, automatically think that, you know, they were walking on water or something because they have a vagina. And it's well, like, and it's, not, it's not only that. I, I have 
I'm, I'm going to break down some of what happened with my last show. It was sabotage. I had four female workers booked. And matter of fact, this is the one that you and I talked about, uh, me bringing you to Illinois, and we, we just couldn't make the numbers work. But I had four girls that I had booked for this thing. And, I, and, and one right after the other, they'd give me this reason or that reason. Well, we heard this from so-and-so. No, don't give me this bullshit. I booked you in November of 2018 for a show in June of 2019. You took my booking, and now that I have your face plastered on TV and all the posters, you decide that you want to bail on me. That's bullshit. That's not, that's not, you know, unless, the only reason to me, Casey, at that point that you should have for bailing on a show is if you had a death in the family. Yeah, not that because, or you, and you better be able to provide an obituary. Well, to me, it needs to be something. You know, there's a death in the family or your car. I've legitimately had car problems before that have right. prevented me, mm-hmm. you know, something right. legit like that. Or the only other thing I could say is if somebody gets a, a big opportunity with, like, a national TV something, right. you know, that I could understand that. And I would hope that maybe promoters would understand that, too. Um, and that's happened to me as well. But other than that, I always hold the philosophy. Um, I think anybody who knows me knows that I really pride myself on my professionalism and my work ethic. And I always, mm-hmm. you know, totally put over every event. I mean, if, if a promoter believes enough in me to, to bring me into his company and whatever expense, if he's flying me out, mm-hmm. you know, paying me whatever I need to, to make a 10 hour drive, whatever, um, you know, then I'm going to scratch his back, back, backpack. Yeah. Um, but you know, the only thing for me is I always, if somebody says to me like, Hey, you know, Oh, watch out for that guy. Like he fill in the blank reason why, you know, you should, you should be really hesitant or something. I appreciate it. And I keep that filed in the back of my mind. And then I go to the booking to honor my commitment and I make my own decision based on what happens that night and how I'm treated and what I see happening at the show. And then if I don't, think that it's something that's a good fit for me or I don't like how things are run or I'm disrespected or something, then I just won't take a booking from that person again. But, you know, I'm not going to, especially after I've been advertised, I'm not going to just drop out of a booking just because, you know, somebody played telephone and sent this message down through three people that may or may not have gotten all contorted that I have no information on and I'm not privy to, you know, I just, it's not cool in my eyes. And that's what happened with the majority of this show. I had main event guys cancel. I had girls cancel. And we tried to stop the bleeding, and it just kept happening. And I said, fuck it. I said, I'm going to do the show come hell or high water. But I'm not, I'm not going to take a chance on booking girls that are going to be soured for the grapevine. And that's why when I came to you and I said, you know what? I said, I've known Casey Carlisle a long time. I don't have to worry about somebody like her living in North Carolina being poisoned by the people that want to talk bullshit in Illinois. And that's where professionalism comes in more than some of these girls that are out here on the independence today. A true professional would have heard the rumors like this girl did and said, hey, I'm going to give this guy a shot. I don't know him from Adam, but I heard that he pays his people when, he, when they arrive. So if I go there and I get my pay upon arrival and I don't like it, I don't have to go back. But this guy's got me advertised. We did, we did business. That's the way it should be. And I have always been one. I have honored my bookings. I have sat in a book. I sat in a booking a couple of years ago, and my skin crawled the entire time I was there. Because it, 
I'm not, I'm not kidding because it was such a low quality product that I, my personal standards were offended. And the moment that I could get out of that building wasn't fast enough. But there are people oh, that will do that. Really? And, and if you're doing that, imagine how quick I'd be doing it. There were and, you people know, the other that thing about it is if you're so bothered by uh, something that you were told, I mean, we're all adults and everybody should yeah. have some level of professionalism and people forget that it's a business. It's not just a time to dress up and play wrestler or whatever. Mm. Um, right. You know, if if you're that bothered by it, then have the balls to, to ask the person that you're hearing this about. You know, hit them up and say, hey, I heard this from somebody. Can you just give me your side of it? There's always two sides to something. And this business can be so vile with, you know, people having heat with each other and, and people just trying to blow each other up and, and make, you know, this bad reputation surrounding this person that they don't like for whatever reason. And whether it's justified or not. You know, it's just, that's just how the business is, unfortunately, but you've got to be able to also have a head on your own own shoulders and make your own decisions. If I get there and it's a crappy building, the ring is unsafe, um, you know, I feel like I'm in an unsafe environment, you jip me on my pay, uh, you know, if you booked me against somebody who shouldn't be in the ring, which means you don't have any regard for my safety or theirs, it's just, that's what's not going to, that's what's going to keep me away, but at least I'm still there honoring the booking I took. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So basically uh, what I happened mean, in a nutshell is we, I got to the venue. Um, I had, I was sent a false claim of a wreck that happened, uh, supposedly with the ring. And this happened at 2 PM central standard time in Illinois. And we were set for, a, I believe the six or seven o'clock bell time that night. And I was lost in a scramble oh, wow. to try to find another ring. And if you can't find a if you can't find another ring in that amount of time, you have no choice. I had talent coming from Ohio, I had talent coming from Iowa. I had to make a call. We had no ring. You can't do a show with no ring. I've seen people do it and I think they're fucking stupid for doing it. Because let me tell you I'm not going I'm not going out and bumping my ass on a linoleum floor for anybody for a fifty dollar payment. Wow! Well, if you're doing freestyle Roman Greco holds and and submissions, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> while 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 the crowd sits there and goes boring. <laughs> oh really? No 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 no. Then you never saw one of my husband's matches. Okay, they uh, weren't going boring. Yeah, but but, but remember. People, people who come who come to see, you know, wrestling. I understand. Like that. Yeah, theatrics. They want theatrics. Yes, I get it. Right now, um, so that's basically what happened in a nutshell. With that, we're bouncing back and working with some other people, booking some stuff. But yeah. people think that they, you know, people sabotage people in this business, and people go, "Oh my God, something like that could never happen." It does, and it's mm. happened for the past hundred years and it'll continue to happen and it's not just because of hatred it's not just because of hatred and jealousy it's because people have been allowed to get in this business that maybe shouldn't have um in one way or another and we're seeing that we've mentioned it time and time again with the backyard wrestling we're still seeing that we're still seeing backyard promoters um you know 
it's, well, it's the one other, of those and things. The other thing I do to try to prevent things from like like that, I mean, people have to keep in mind, you're, you always, there's always going to be a first time for you working for somebody, no matter who right. it is. You're, there's going to be, this yep. is my first time. So I don't know exactly what I'm coming into. If you have a buddy who works there and you can say, hey, how is that dude? Oh, yeah, yeah, good. You go, everything's fine. But the other thing I do before I take a booking from uh, somebody or a company that I've never worked for and I may not be fully familiar with is I look at their um, content on, you know, their Facebook page or a website if they have one. And, and I, look to, I look through their pictures of past events to see, you know, what, what type of situation am I getting into? Is it clean? Is the ring sturdy looking, you know? Does it look like uh, the type of show that I would want to be involved in or be, you know, attaching my name to and that I would maybe want to return to? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I take a look to see what the fans, you know, some people, some fans do the, like, reviews on Facebook or they'll leave a post after show. Great show. We had a great time. Blah, 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 blah. But some people are also like, dude, it sucked. You know, like, you have – those weren't wrestlers. Those were, you know, people in sweatpants trying to do what they see on TV and things like that. So I also do my own homework and leg work. And I feel like you, that's just protecting yourself and that's just smart. And that should be like business 101, you know, don't just take a book to be a booking whore. Right. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, That is the word of the night. Ladies and gentlemen, the phrase of the night is booking whore. (laughs) Booking whore. whore. (laughs) Well, with me um, the other night, it, with me the other night, it was shut up, you suck. Um, <laughs> you, you know the other there. the other thing is, um, and you've Casey, you've been around all of us to know that we don't we don't pull punches here, and everybody goes, well, you just need to calm down and and settle down a little bit, Sean, and not say all of that stuff on on the internet. No, yeah. I need to be more vocal about what I say because it's people like me that are making sure the business will live for tomorrow. While it's people that want to hide and and push all this shit under the carpet that then, make the business bad for everybody. And then there's people like me that see your post and 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 uh, virtually because they're in Canada, virtually pull those little blonde hairs on the back here. Oh my goodness! Stop. <laughs> All the way from Canada. Oh, it's been a weird yeah. day, folks. So when you get sudden pains in the back of your neck, you now know why. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that, yeah, that's. I, I do have a voodoo doll, and I can, you know, I can, yeah. I don't have any of his hair, though. Can somebody get me some of his hair? I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, now, I see, Casey. I'm allowed to do this, okay? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna refresh our listeners because uh, you know we've been doing this seven years. How long yeah. have you been active in wrestling as of today? Um, I've been active in wrestling since 1998. That's when I started as a manager. And wow. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I started <laughs> I managing was eight. in. <laughs> I was 18 <laughs> at the time, <laughs> um, which you know was in, in Virginia. You have to be. Uh, you know, an illegal adult to be able to do anything, thank goodness. Um, so, yeah, I started as a manager in 98, and then I worked as a manager up until, um, not up until, in 2005, July 30th, 2005, was my first match. And um, I always wanted 
I always wanted to eventually um, make the transition from manager to wrestler. I just didn't want I, I my fear and one of the reasons it took me so many years was um, I never wanted to get in the ring before I felt like I was ready. I was going to be green. I was going to be horrible. I knew that, but I wanted to at least have a good foundation and good training under my belt because it's so disrespectful to the business itself, to everyone who was in the business before us, to everyone in the business now. It's so disrespectful to get in the ring before you have been trained properly and are ready to have, you know, like I said, you're going to be green and you're going to be horrible. You're not going to be good, but at least you're safe and you know what you're doing and you have the fundamentals. And I was terrified of being disrespectful to the business. So I, I kept saying, mm-hmm. no, I want to train more. I want to train more. I want to train more. Um, so finally in 2005, I had my first match. And then once that happened, uh, slowly but surely, it took a few months, but then the the bookings as a manager started to back off and I started getting more offers and bookings as a wrestler. And a few months later, it finally just kind of, without knowing it, you know, I worked for the last time as a manager and I've been wrestling ever since. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, wow. you probably prefer the bumps as a manager over the bumps as a wrestler. I think anybody would say that. <laughs> Preferred what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I what? said I, obviously you'd prefer the bumps as a manager over the bumps as a wrestler any day. I think anybody would. Um, well, I mean, if you're talking about the sheer number of them, then my body would sure like it better. But I bumped just as hard. I, I bumped just as hard as a manager. I mean, when I was managing. Um, the the area that I that I'm in and the promotion that I was involved in was um, pretty much based it was pretty much based as like a hardcore type promotion. Not every match was, but a lot of them were. And so as a manager, um, you know, I was I took a DDT on thumbtacks one time, and I had a thumbtack baseball bat Ooh. shot right to my ass. Nice. And ended up with thumbtacks in my ass and. Um, so I was bumping crazy and bumping hard as a manager. I have sat and kneeled, and I've sat, kneeled, and stepped on on top. It's not fun. It's not it's fun, especially not when they're fun. in your butt and you have to keep oh, going. Oh, I can't yeah. just stop in the it middle of the match to pull them out. You know, mine was only. You got to leave those suckers in there. You need the visual, like you want. You want. It's that this is how warped we are as workers. It's like I have to leave these thumbtacks in my ass because I want the fans <laughs> to see the thumbtacks in my ass. Because without the exactly. thumbtacks in my ass, they're gonna think that they were plastic or you know. And I'm like, no, dude. And he no. walled me. It, it's a buddy of mine. That's the thing. So it's like we're cool. Whack. And I was like, mother, okay. It was not a hard yeah. job to sell that. Let me just put it that way. Yeah, and, uh, and they no. hurt more. Wait, wait, and they hurt more coming out. I like I said, I've knelt on some, I've knelt on tacks, I've stepped on one on the heel, and I've got like two of them in my butt at the same time, and they hurt more coming out. It's, I will not, say though, not, yeah, oh, I've never experienced this, but I've always, always, always heard this in the locker room and heard it in general that what hurts even more than a thumbtack are Legos. Oh, oh, oh God. I stepped on oh, many. Step, I step, on, step on a Lego with, with 
with a bare foot. Between your oh, toes. Oh, my God. Yes. That is, that is, yeah. that is torture and a half. And I've, oh, waterboard it done is. It. And I've stepped on Legos before as a kid. With Legos. Yeah. With Legos. Yeah. And oh not the God. jumbo Legos. I mean, we're talking straight up old school, the small little, little Legos. And, you know, yeah. and people have people have these weapons matches and they dump out a bag of Legos and the whole locker room goes, Oh, it's oh like, God. <laughs> I'd rather walk that, on hot coals. <laughs> like, there was yeah. a kendo stick. There were like, you know, whatever, oh, a frying man. pan, whatever. Okay. Whatever, whatever. You see a bag of Legos and somebody goes, Not everyone goes, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Like I'd rather, I'd rather get hit with the kendo stick, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take the candlestick, please. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's a good one, I've gotten hit by one of those before too, and that welt that I had was no joke, man, because it was already a little busted up, so it like pinched oh, my yikes. skin when it hit. Yeah, it was mm-hmm, not fun. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. God! But anything for the business, right, guys? Yeah. Anything. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, hey, speaking. I've done. I've done the. I've done as a rep. I've done the. I've done the crazy crap. Oh, I mean, I've I've been yeah, you told I've me. been you know hit with chairs. I've been punched with full bottles of water. Um, Ouch! I they they use um, public enemy played croquet with my balls. With your balls? <laughs> okay, I punched somebody. I have punched somebody with a full ball of water. Yeah, the look on his face was priceless. He didn't like it very much. Oh. <laughs> uh, and of course I've also been put through a table, so you know, hey. No, no, yeah. I haven't been put through a table. No. I was too I was too light to be put through a table. The worst I feeling of all though was when Madman Pondo stuck me with the staple from a staple gun in the butt. Ow. Yeah, I've never taken Ow. a. I've stapled a dollar bill to a guy's forehead before in that same promotion I was talking about. The guy that hit me with the base, the baseball bat of thumbtacks. It might have been the same match, but I stapled a dollar bill to his forehead with a staple gun. I got had a guy, not a staple gun, but like you know the stapler in class, like take you take it apart. I had him mm-hmm. staple my for, the back of my forearm. That 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 kind of sucks. <laughs> I had kind of stuff. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Kind of the, I think the worst thing I've ever taken when it comes to stuff like that, the worst thing I've ever taken is, um, I think it was Amy Lee. Ooh. She and I were working. Oh. It might have been, I want to say it was in West Virginia. It might have been Pennsylvania. But either way, she, uh, we were kind of going around the building a little bit. Um, I was so green, so I'm just following her lead, and we end up out in the crowd. And she took a guy's boot, like a guy took his boot off in the crowd, and she walloped me with it, and it was a steel toe boot, and the toe is what hit me in the head. And oh, she didn't pull it. Oh. She walloped me. And I remember actually feeling like my head go numb in that spot, but I had to keep going, you know. The match wasn't over, so it's like, okay, wow, you really do see stars when things like this happen. Yeah, you do. So that might have been one of the worst. Oh. So there you go. So you've had a concussion, too. So. Yeah, okay. Uh, um, um, one of my regular does, callers I have never has been diagnosed as having a concussion. <laughs> I've one never my, had a diagnosed concussion. <laughs> one of well, my uh, regular we, callers. We know it back then. Well, that would involve going to the doctor, and that's not something Casey does. 
All right. One of my regular callers would like to. Uh, he's he's in queue. It is Rob. Um, he would like to weigh in on on taking a bump on Legos. <laughs> oh my God. Yep. Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> taking a bump, Rob? Seriously okay. on Legos? Holy shit, Rob. Oh my God. <laughs> Where's Rob? Rob? I'm waiting to hear from Rob. Oh, Rob. Hi. Hi, sweetness. Hello. Hi, Rob. Hi. How are we all doing tonight? I'm good. Super de-duper. Nah. Awesome. All all, snuggled up and under quarantine, right? Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, I, I heard everyone talking about, you know, oh, my God, like, when the Legos come out. <laughs> I was really, as soon as I, I was like, oh, man, I need, I was at a match, and uh, it was a barefoot Lego match. Oh, my God. That was just, oh, yeah, that was the start. And uh, <laughs> I was told in the back. Do not take your shoes off and everything. We're going to give you a bump, and then we're going to take them off for you. And I'm like, oh, this oh, is going to go well. So, so here we are in the match. You know, I'm getting I'm close enough to them, whatever. Well, each member of the – each person, each opponent in the in the match, it was a one-on-one, oh, just sweet sweet swept my legs out from under me, and down I go. Yeah, full back, back, backdrop right onto the middle of Lego. Okay. Did you Sorry. scream in absolute agony? Oh, I fucking would have. <laughs> no, actually, I didn't. No, but but I mean, he's a mimical boy. Scream! That's the area. It wasn't. Where it, you know what? Actually, I I almost wish I had of a little more just for selling for the selling sake of it. But I mean, yeah, no, I was grabbing my back for, you know, I, I, it wasn't too much selling on that point of it. I, there, I may have indents on my back from that. That's what I was thinking. You can, you can so get away with just squealing because it's, it's just selling, you know, especially if you're a heel, just go over the top silly with it. And in reality, you're there laying there in agonizing pain, <laughs> like straight up legit. Oh. I have said for a while now, it, it is absolutely amazing how much we have to sell what doesn't hurt. And anything that legitimately hurts, you have to no-sell completely and still do the job. Mm-hmm. I'm having yep. problems. Yeah, we're, we're, yep. we're a weird breed. Yep. <laughs> yeah, why don't we get a paper cut we and be yeah. and, and I'm only a rep. I, I, I should point this out. I'm not even. I'm not a really. A, I'm not a worker that way. I, I am a ref though, and this was all like a ref bump for me. Yeah. Onto the leg. Never ah. say only, Rob. Yeah. Rob, never say only a ref. If if there if it wasn't for us, there would be no wrestling matches. I was gonna say okay. you're a very integral part of the match as well. You're the third man, man. I, yeah, I understand. I guess I, 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 I tend to still put it on that 
we're there to help you guys tell your story in the ring. We're the punctuation marks. If it was written, you always say that you guys are telling a story. Well, if it was done in a book form, without the referee, it would just be a run-on sentence and everyone would get lost. The referee is that is the periods, the exclamation points, the the question marks, that type of thing. So I always I will tell think you of from, it that way. I will it, tell you from experience that a referee can make or break a match. And people don't understand that until they've experienced both good referees and horrible right. ones. But oh, I, a referee I, I can, can just make a good match go to shit, and they can make a not-so-great match flow a lot better than it should on paper. And mm-hmm. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I mean, the greatest refs are able to do that. I've been, I've been wrestling for about four years. I think I'm still trying to figure out the art that is. Um, <laughs> I've had some great... Four years I've had is not times long. Where I've come, well, I've, I've come out, there's times where I've come out and I've known that it's just like, oh my God, that felt really good. And then there's other times I'm coming out going, I am so sorry, guys. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that happens to everybody, and no matter what point yeah. they are in their career. Everybody has good nights and bad nights. It happens. So, as long as I'm you can try to pinpoint where it went funky and, and try to learn from it, that's all that matters at the end of the day. Well, it's going to happen. And see... And see, that's right. just it. No matter whether a match goes well or not, I'm always trying to learn from that match. My favorite match is always my last one. See, I appreciate that. Gotten... That's the mentality that you should have. That's what everyone should be feeling, you know. Just yeah. well, bad nights I'm, are going to happen, from... and just learn, learn, learn. Well, I I came from from being a such a huge fan of the business for so long. That I just feel so blessed every time I can even get into a ring, let alone mm-hmm. even four years into it. I still I, I feel very very blessed that I get to do this because it's the it's something that no other fan gets to say they can do. There yeah, and okay. I I think that makes a huge difference too. I always think that you know the, some of the best workers not all there's some exceptions as there is with anything in life but Granted. um never mind i always feel as though people who were huge wrestling fans um you know in their younger years and then end up getting in the business and becoming workers i always feel like they just have a little bit of an edge on some rando who came in off of the street thinking it looked cooler you know it's going to land I, them some girls or something cuz you have the oh idea no. of what you know, the flow of things and how things are supposed to, to right. feel and how they're supposed to look. And it's mm-hmm. not just blindly putting moves mm-hmm. together because you learned that. Well, and, and, and if you look at not the Not only that, you did, the, your, you did your comeuppance too, Rob. You, you put the, you were there for putting up the ring, taking down the ring, everything. Oh, yeah. No, no, and no. You, no we've done just just We've done more. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's like becoming a but, hairdresser. You don't walk into the shop and cut hair the first day. No. You don't even get to wash hair. You're sweeping. That's right. No, I, I don't understand right. all that. I I think with me it's just like um, I, and I appreciate all that. Like I I really do. But I I mean, it's, how can I put this? No, I don't know. I don't even know what I was. Just say it straight out. No, the the train of just the train of thought just went off rails and just completely left me. <laughs> I'm still on the station watching it pull away, going, "What was I saying again?" It'll come back to you. So, uh, 
but no, I, I, I mean, I've always, but I, like I said, I've always tried to at least been that, at least try to help tell the story that you guys have in the ring. You guys are the focus. We're just the background. Yeah. I think I, 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 I appreciate that as a worker, but I don't want you to discount yourself. One at a time, or I'm going to whip you. I have that power. Okay, go ahead. While while they're tell while they're telling the story, the referee is narrating like, oh, that's right. Don't you choke? Don't gouge the eyes. You're pointing at them. You break what yeah. I call a break. Yeah, that's right. Clean I mean, match. Want a clean match, boys? Yeah, girls. Yo, I mean, boy, and that's girl. the thing. I mean, because this is this is live theater, and just like a lot of a lot of live yo events. There's a there's a narrator who helps tell the story, and that's right. You know, while the wrestlers use use trash talk on each other, the referee is the one who talks the law and order part, and so each each person has their has their role in that to make to make the whole story complete and make it fit. Absolutely. I agree with you. Um, okay, so now, quick question for you, Casey, if you don't mind. As a, com- as a competitor, what is, as you say, a ref can make or break a, a good match or whatever, mm-hmm. what do you think, what, what do you look for in a good ref when you're, when you're, when you're having mm. your match? What, is, what, what makes the best refs for you? For for me personally, um, I want a referee who is privy to what the match is and is going to be. You know, I want them to kind of be um, not necessarily involved in the putting together of said match, but I want them to at least have a general idea of what what is the story that we're going to be telling so that they're aware. And the reason that's important for me is because um, one of the things – that um, I want in a referee is somebody who knows ring placement. You know, there's nothing more frustrating when you're you're running hard and it's time to to go or, or really do something, you know, a really pivotal point of the match, and the ref is, like, straight up legit in the way. And then you have to take that moment. People don't realize that that one moment on of, like, ref, of get out of the way, you know, me as a heel – you know, I don't want to stand there and, and stop putting the heat on my opponent to tell the referee to move because, number one, what I should do is just go kick the ref in the balls or something, but obviously that would get me DQ'd and that would screw up the match. And number two, it you know, it, it makes the baby face look like a, a jerk because here I am putting the heat on you and now I have to stop my heat to tell a referee to get out of my way when they shouldn't be in my way in the first place. And that gives that baby time to recover so when they don't come back, Exactly. It's, it's just killed the momentum, you know, like it kills the momentum mm-hmm. of the match. Um, yeah. And then also, you know, referees should be able to help communicate, help the wrestlers communicate with each other. Um, right. I don't always want to have to be laying next to my opponent in order to uh, to call something or, you know, to, to tell them, tell her where we're going next or something. If we're on the clear other side of the ring or if I'm on the outside and um, I want to get a message, you know, I want a referee who can not only relay the message, but do it well. One of my biggest pet peeves with referees is when they go right over 
to the opponent and lean down and say something and just stand straight back up. Like, it's so obvious that they're just giving a message from worker A right. to worker B. You know, it's such an art. Like, that's that's why I say not to discount yourself because being a good referee in itself is an art because you've got to be able to, um, you know, be where you need to be at the right time and, you know, give the count at a really good cadence that's not too fast, not too slow. And that's whether it's like a, you know, get them out of the corner, one, two, three, four, five, or a possible three count. There's nothing worse than going for a pin and you have a referee who's not there. And again, it, it ends up making somebody look weak. One, two, and then the baby face kicks out. It's like, that was really three if you were doing it right. And it just completely <laughs> kills the ebb and flow yeah, of the I, match. I, it really does. I have fired yeah. a referee over that. I said, you you just went out there and killed all the fucking heat that we had. There was no heat left. You killed it. Or if the count is too fast. You know, if, if well, count is too the fast, thing. that's just as detrimental. Yeah. All right. No, I, we are going to come back with more of this. Oh, that's slow down, boys. hour two. Uh, because it is time for our song break. So uh, we're going to come back with more of this. Hopefully uh, Casey can stay with us just a little while longer. Uh, And, folks, if you are on your cell phone, your cell phone only holds a two-hour call. So if we happen to go into the the after party and you haven't refreshed your call at this time, you are SOL, and that means shit out of luck. So refresh your calls if you are on your cell phone. Thank you. Yes. We will be right back in about five minutes. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to more of Wrestling Authority Radio live on the Evolution Radio Network.
Night, and we are back with more wrestling. Saturday night, June 26th, at the Champ Cooper Elementary School in beautiful Ponchatoula, Louisiana. It's Stimulus Check Wrestling. Yep, we're putting our stimulus checks together, and we're going to have a wrestling show. Featuring some down-on-his-luck XWCW guy that we can get for under 100 bucks, and a few other guys we can pay 10 bucks a piece for. That's Saturday night, June 26th, unless the zombie apocalypse is caused by the virus. That's Champ Cooper Elementary School in beautiful Ponchatoula, Louisiana, and Stimulus Check Wrestling, you don't want to miss it. back with more of Wrestling Authority Radio Live on the Evolution Radio Network. I am Statistic Sean David along with my co-host. Co-host? Yeah, you gotta unmute your hostess your hostess with the mostest so and I'm the reason why the show's like never ever ever gonna be a bag of dick. And Steve, are you polishing your kinky boots or something? Screw it. Casey, you've been bumped from guest to host. I can handle that. Okay. Well. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, Casey, what else has been going on in the world of Casey Carlisle? You know, you used to be known as uh, the be- quite the belt collector. Are you still collecting all the belts? Um, well, that's kind of been put on hold for the past month month and a half or so um but um but yes i i still hold many titles and once things um hopefully get back up and running which you know who knows when that will be um hopefully yeah my plan is to continue collecting titles that's just kind of what i do i'm the queen (laughs) of wrestling man that's uh that's kind of that's kind of like what our new ad is coming soon. Coming when we don't know the return of coming professional eventually. wrestling. Yes, coming <laughs> eventually. The return of professional wrestling. Hopefully, to a town near you. Make sure you go out and support it. Oh my God! I saw I saw, I saw some social distance wrestling. It was pretty funny. Oh. Well. <laughs> Hopefully, I mean, the key word is hopefully. I I am um, scheduled to be part of one or two. Um, I don't know if it's one or two dates, but either way, it's definitely one. Um, I'm scheduled to be up in Milwaukee in June for um, for Brew City Wrestling event up there in June. Oh, boy. And as of right now, it's still on. So hopefully, and that's going to be my first time up there. Um, so with You'll any like luck, right out of the gate. Yeah, I think I will. I've I've seen again, you know, I I did research and so forth and um I'm looking forward to it. So I'm hoping that nothing happens to that. You know, we're we're going to have to see how things go, but I'm hoping I'm hoping things pick up. Um, you know, pick up again and and I don't know that they're ever going to be what we knew as normal. Um my boyfriend says it's going to be 2021, the fall of 2021 before wrestling is back and I'm hoping that that's mm. not correct. Well, uh, then, that, then okay, people need to act right. People need to social distance. 
People need to understand that this is going to be a process. We're in lockdown here in Ontario, Canada for another month, okay? We're getting bitched at because we won't open our borders before May 15th. Screw y'all. Uh-uh. Get out. We don't want your shit. Go. Go. Probably the cases <laughs> elsewhere. We'll do, we'll do fine on our own. You know, I, I'm yeah. sorry. No, man. You don't even want to walk down the street and, oh, my God. I, no, I'm masked up because I, I have COPD, right? <laughs> oh, I will walk on the road if you will not move. I don't even care. Yeah. Uh, no way, man. But, you know, for for right now, I've just been kind of doing – I've actually not been on social media very much the past um, the past few weeks just because um, – Honestly, to give myself a little bit of a mental break, but also just because I just it gets very tiring seeing the same um like watching the news just kind of the same stuff over and over and people's negativity and people you know lashing out and everyone's starting to go stir crazy um I have very grandiose plans and I did from the get go of posting a lot of you know matches and throwback photos and doing a q and a and I was even thinking about doing a facebook live q and a which I've never done Facebook Live before, so that would be a first. Me neither. Um, and I just haven't done any of it because I just, I don't know, maybe there's part of my heart that's a little depressed that I haven't been in the ring. I haven't put on makeup for God knows how long, you know. Oh, it's like, yeah, it's just one of those things. But um, once, you know, once I am able to be back in a ring and once whatever the new normal is going to be, once there are some events happening, um you know, I'm going to be just right back to full-fledged throwing all of my stuff in everybody's face. So hopefully I haven't lost too many followers by being quiet lately. I think everyone's <laughs> interactions are a little bit down, but we'll have to see. Um, yeah, but that's pretty yeah. much all I've been up to is just kind of holding down the fort, you know? Well, I'll tell you straight up, the only thing that that keeps me holding it together, like one of my self-soothing soothing things is, is painting my nails. So every week my nails look different. Um, I can't even tell you the last time I did makeup. I do I do street outreach, um, and that doesn't only include people on the street. That includes people under bridges as well. And I haven't been able to do it in this will be six weeks, come Saturday. So I'm oh, man. at a loss. I'm at a great loss. Like when you tell your regulars, see you next week, and next week didn't come. Like I, right. I'm glad there's that. I'm glad there's other mm-hmm. teams out there helping, but I yeah. Um, I don't yeah, think, that's. It's one of my joys, you know. It's it's my purpose. It's what I was meant to do, and I can't do it. And yeah. it's really, really yeah. bothering. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, my two big, my two biggest joys over in the past <laughs> few days have been that I was able to find a six pack of Sherman Ultra Soft. Yeah. And oh boy, was he happy. I found a bottle of hand of hand sanitizer. <laughs> So, <laughs> you feel accomplished? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, isn't that isn't that really sad when you think about it that this, you know, that something that finding stuff like that is suddenly like a big thing to celebrate? I mean, my gosh. <laughs> Very true. Well, guys, now, I hate to cut the party short, but I have to hop off here. That's okay. Not a not a you problem. You have a life. Exactly. She's exactly. gonna go make dinner for all of us. She's gonna make a healthy I have to dinner. Go make, I do. I have to go make dinner. Get, I have a rumbly in my tumbly. Okay. She's gonna kickstart um, well, my diet. Well, 
<laughs> I have I have this I, I have this to say about that. I I ate uh, I ate uh, sweet potato fries on there and they were really really good. But yeah, get yourself out to Canada. Toronto's got really good promotions. If you hear one called Smash, say yes. yes. Say yes. Oh, I know yes, them. Yes, yeah, yes, I'm yes. familiar with them. Good. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I will I remember that. Well, guys, thank you so yeah. much for having me on again. I've enjoyed it, and I appreciate you giving thing. me the time and. Yeah. One last thing. One last thing. Yeah. Redhead in the crowd with with the pigtails and and the cat ears screaming her face off is me. Okay. It's me. <laughs> I'll remember that. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Love you lots. Love you so much, honey. Thank you guys. You guys take care, yeah. and I'll talk to y'all soon. Yeah. You got it, Casey. Talk to you soon, honey. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Night, night. Bye, bye. Bon appetit. Good. See, I told you. I know. I, I know. We, I've seen Casey Carlisle at Smash. I know. I have. I think she was there for Summit. I'm almost sure. Almost oh. sure. Was it the Summit? Okay. Or was it the Summit or Canusa? All right. So, with that being said, are you guys ready to talk about the slap heard around the world? Well, actually, yeah. you know what? Somehow, somehow, my that file didn't upload. So, you guys start. I'm gonna I'm gonna re I'm gonna re-upload that file with uh, Cornette talking about it and we'll and we'll break into that. So uh, I'll be I'll be back actually talking in just a minute or two here. All right, all right. Um, you know that slap. I'm telling you what. There's You're a lot of people that what? don't agree with me, but uh, there used to be there used to be quite a few number of kids that thought it would be funny to come up and, and poke the old bear and say, oh, you, you're into that fake wrestling shit. You're into that phony shit. You're a fucking fake. Alright, let's see you stand here and take ten of my chops. You can take ten of my chops, which, even for a small guy, were pretty brutal because my hands were pretty fucking bony. So, um, if, if you can take ten of those, then you can tell me if I'm fake. Because usually by the time number 10 came around, 10 was across the face. Um, those were fun times. Or, you know, telling the guy um, that I can land on concrete better than he can. Or, or, you know, watching the guy go out and fall on his ass in the ice. And he goes, yeah, well, what would happen if you fell? I wouldn't get hurt. How come? Because I trained my body how to not get hurt. How how do I not get hurt? I had a sister who was three times my size. That's how. Yeah, my sister was big. <laughs> well, she isn't anymore, but yeah, she was big. I was a little man. I was like four foot nine. What do you want from me? I was still taller than Bernie, though. Never mind. <laughs> You didn't hear that, Bernie. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things where people don't understand the body can be trained certain ways uh, for this business. And unfortunately, then you get people like Marco Stunt that, uh, well, <laughs> we saw what happened with that. I don't know why people are so f- fans of him. I don't get it. They just are. They just are, honey. I don't get it. 
I would rather I would rather watch two midgets wrestle for eight hours than one Marco stunt match. I don't know who he is, so I can't say anything. And, and yeah, I'm sorry. That's just the way I feel. <laughs> one of my regular <laughs> listeners. I can't stand stunt. <laughs> oh jeez. <sighs> Thanks, Eric. <laughs> it's the truth. I would rather watch eight hours of midget wrestling. And yeah, and he's than... like, yes, yes, I would. And he's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> eight hours of midget wrestling. And one, one Marco stunt match. <laughs> <laughs> and I would. Oh my god! I have never watched ballet a day in my life, but I would rather watch. Three hours of ballet, then 20 minutes of Kenny Omega prancing around the ring doing his jazz hand. Girls with hot legs and tutus, and they have male dancers, too, so there's something for everybody, so you probably would. (laughs) Yeah, he'd be be checking out the outlines on the tutu, on the the men's leotards. (laughs) But I'm serious. I would rather watch. I would rather watch three oh hours God. of ballet than twenty minutes of Kenny Omega prancing around the ring doing his jazz hands hey. and whatever hey. else he does. I like hey. Kenny Omega when he I wrestles. I love Kenny Omega. I will, I am about to. Oh, I, oh, oh, you're you're getting it now. Oh, you so you so are. You're just so getting it. Are you are you gonna? Hey, hey Sean. Are you gonna start? Are you gonna start calling him Olivier like Cornette does? Because I hate when he does that. No, Uh, the thing that they came up with for Jim Cornette's show is all the Japanese girls want to play with Kenny Omega's Sega. Steve, you're terrible. Have you heard? Let me let me just kind of sing this this verse from one of Cornette's songs that was submitted for his show. Well, have you heard about Riho? She weighs 45 kilos and is their champion. She's a Japanese schoolgirl. Well, all the Japanese schoolgirls love Kenny Omega. Love to play with his Sega. Oh, my God. I killed Katie. You, you killed Katie. <laughs> the, the, the snort count is seven. <laughs> Seriously. Now 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 I am I am about to do a South Park Johnny Dangerously cross crossover. You killed Katie, you bastard. <laughs> you bastard. You farting high school, you. Um you know, I you fool. <laughs> I do like I do like Lance Archer on AEW. I want to praise him. I've always been a Lance Archer fan. I think the gimmick is great. I think him with Jake is great. Um, but him versus Marco Stunt was a fucking joke. Here you have him throwing around a damn child-sized rag doll. That's basically what it was. Let me throw around this human lifelike rag doll. Yeah, I'm seven foot. He's three foot. Now, hey, 
Well, the only thing Marco Stunt was good for in that match was to be dick height. <laughs> I don't. I think. I think he was. I don't think he was even that high. I think. I think he reached his kneecap. <laughs> Maybe the balls were just resting on his chin or forehead. Oh, he's a bald chinny. Oh, my God. Uh, it's, it's not fair. <laughs> Um, well, maybe I should mute you guys, and I'll and I'll and I'll play uh, and I'll play uh, this uh, segment about uh, Jim Cornette talking about the uh, David Schultz John Stossel incident. So that would be wonderful. Delightful. Here we go. I want to bring up one more thing here, real quick, and then we'll do a question, and we'll do the watch long. Um, well, no, this week's Dark Side of the Ring is on Dr. D. David Schultz and the Slap Heard Round the World. And I am pretty sure I will be featured in this because I did uh, quite extensive comments on David's background in wrestling. But a lot of people are going to be talking – because some people on Twitter, when the uh, uh, trailer was released this past week from Vice, they have not seen David Schultz slap John Stossel. This was brand new to them, to the younger wrestling fans that have not heard about this. Did you see some of them talking about it? I did, and the clip I saw was actually, I believe it would be David's, because David's one of the only people I knew who had it, was the extended version where after he slaps him, Vince comes down the hall. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it reveals that Vince was there while this whole thing was happening, which is one of the big revelations when it comes to that story for anyone who looks into it, is that it wasn't... David just doing his own thing in the hallway away from everyone. No, Vince was right there. Fuji was right there. Well, not only – well, Fuji was right there laughing his ass off and waiting for Schultz to slap him again, but it, Vince was there because – and by the way, is our talk with David Schultz up on uh, the YouTube channel? If it isn't, I'll make sure it is. Well, we need to get – because we, we talked with him – what was it? Maybe two years ago now. Um, about the whole situation when his book came out, uh, it, and we talked about the whole situation. What Vince McMahon had said was, David, that guy, the reporter's here, blast him. Give it to him. Well, <laughs> the, the interpretation, Vince claims that he meant a blast in a verbal way because Schultz was a fucking hell of a promo and intimidating fucker and, and – Vince claimed afterwards he meant blast him verbally and really give it to him verbally, but Schultz told him, hey, my boss just said go fucking knock this motherfucker out if he gets out of line, and the video was part of the lawsuit, and uh, David has a lot of those documents and et cetera, but anyway, uh, we will get the uh, the original interview with Schultz up on our YouTube channel ASAP, but but this this program will be the first time that that's been brought up. And a documentary done on this whole thing since the original news reports, what, 35 years ago. But the reason I mentioned some of my comments, I haven't seen a, a, a cut of this, so I don't know what made it and what didn't. But to me, it was so hilarious because Vince McMahon didn't even realize what a perfect storm he had created. He took – he said something 
Ask one of his wrestlers who was a big, intimidating-looking, tough, badass guy to go at least intimidate a reporter, but even Vince didn't realize the sweet irony of the whole thing. A smart-ass Yankee reporter from New York was going to tell this badass from West Tennessee that wrestling was fake when this badass from West Tennessee was personally trained by Herb Welch, a shooter from the 30s. (laughs) Schultz at that point was literally one of the last links to the pioneer days of the 30s and the old carnival shooters and the Welch family and the training guys to fucking work by stretching them in a barn before you smarten them up. So of anybody that would have taken the business seriously on that roster at that time, David Schultz was the one guy that was far on the extreme. And then you paired him off with his complete mirror image, this little Weasley reporter from New York who gets in his face and tells him he's a fake. Vince didn't even have that, didn't even grip that irony. He was just using Schultz because he was a big badass looking guy. He didn't realize that Herb Welch had beat this motherfucker until he could not walk, until he had to crawl into his house every night when he'd come home to his wife while he was training him before he ever even smartened him up. And the whole fucking, the, the overriding policy, the, the one directive that, that David Schultz was given since the first day that he was smartened up after he'd had the shit kicked out of him and been stretched from asshole to appetite was never expose the business, never give the secrets away. <clears throat> so, and, and it, it was perfect. And I, I can't wait to see it because I've, he, Schultz was a hero to me when it happened. He was a hero to a lot of the guys. Everybody popped because that was the pre-internet days. You didn't, you didn't know what it actually happened and what it looked like until you saw it on TV, and he slapped the bejesus out of Stossel. Stossel needed Omax after that. And by the way, he didn't even ask him a question. He goes, I think it's fake. Yeah. You know, like that's the worst way to possibly put it to any wrestler, let alone David Schultz. And, you know, that's another thing that when everybody said, well, Rousey was just working. Ronda Rousey was just working. Well, fuck you. Once you said fake fights... You're not working anymore. You're just an idiot. And people don't understand, especially now that nobody gives a shit and all these fans are like, well, of course it's fake, silly fights and spandex. That's what it's supposed to be. Why would you ever take it seriously? Because it's, you know, we've talked about all the wrestlers and promoters that have fostered that environment to make it possible for fans to think that. But when this business first started, the wrestlers weren't fake wrestlers. (laughs) They were really the best wrestlers in the world, and they figured out that they would work with each other to maximize their profits and minimize their injuries, but there was nothing fake about Frank Gotch and George Hackenschmidt, et cetera, et cetera, Pasek and fucking Stecker and fucking She-Cat and whatever. They were working with each other to make money. Then when the Dano O'Mahonies of the world and the fucking all of the, the... the attractions who were brought in, Jim Londos wasn't a wrestler. The the real wrestlers looked down on those guys and sometimes double-crossed them for what they thought was the good of the business, but they still didn't expose the business itself, even though they would privately look down on some of the actual fake wrestlers that were being put over. They knew it was because of business, and they still would never 
roll over on the business, would never expose their own business. And then when it gradually happened that there were more working wrestlers than there were real wrestlers in the wrestling business, it had still been ingrained that you're still fucking tough guys. You still got athletic backgrounds of some description or you're tough enough to go through this. But the the most important thing is we don't look down on each other because what some one guy's a shooter and one guy's not, but we never expose our business because that's our bread and butter. And that makes us look like a bunch of fucking fakes. And then the next step from that has been what we have today, which is everybody wants to be on reality television and thinks they're going to become a movie star is just doing this for a hoot because they get to play with their friends. I prefer all those other fucking ways of looking at it before this one. But anyway, that's this week. Dark Side of the Ring, look for my face. It should be on there somewhere uh, on Vice at 10 o'clock Eastern on Tuesday about David Schultz. All right, there you have it. Yeah. Jim Cornette on David Schultz. Yeah, and he just let us into it, too. Yeah, um, and boy, I mean, yeah, he he put he said a lot on this week's episode. I mean, my gosh, seriously, oh, there was there was so there was so much a Cornette on there this week that uh, yeah, it was almost like it was the Jim Cornette show. It was almost like it was almost like an episode of Drive Through, and uh, Schultz, Stossel, and Mansfield were uh, just uh, were uh, added attractions. <laughs> Um, now, uh, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things. The business changed because of John Stossel in that interview. The business changed because of what happened with Dr. D. David Schultz. The business changed because of what Eddie Mansfield did. Um, and, and not in the good ways that that whole thing that whole conglomerate of things that happened with ABC on pro wrestling was never good for the business and the business never recovered from it. Well, you had that one, but you also had, uh, had the NBC one that um, a lot of people forget Harley race was involved in. Oh, um, so there, you know, I mean, that, I mean the ABC one wasn't the wasn't the first wasn't the first thing. In fact, Cornette even showed, as you guys well remember from watching it Tuesday night, though know, that was not the first time that the business had been had been exposed. Um, um you know, there you know, that there, was in the nineteen thirties. Uh that right. uh, Cornette showed the the article from uh, you had the thing with Stossel and ABC in the 1980s and exposed wrestling greatest wrestling's greatest secrets was in 98, uh, right around the time that the Attitude Area really started taking off is when they when they came out with this thing because they were trying to railroad Vince uh, again after you know the Attitude Era had really started to take off and wrestling had gained all that popularity in the 90s. Um, they were trying to make a point that it wasn't really kid friendly, um, but it didn't work. Um, and a lot of the guys that were in this documentary never worked 
in the wrestling business again. Obviously, we know that um, Harley Race did because he owned his own promotion. But a lot of guys, a lot of the guys that were found out to be working with that uh, videotape that is out there did not get work in the business legitimately again, unfortunately. Um, if you were willing to yeah. expose the business like that back in those days. Yeah, that's the, the, like that asshole. That ex- okay, it was, he was called the mass magician, and he was going out there entirely exposing everything that everybody was doing. Everything that was be- behind the mirrors and behind that little cloud of smoke, he let you know what they were doing. Every little bit. I already knew because I dated a magician with that size. That's size point. I just, it's dickish. It's dickish. You don't pull the curtain aside for everybody to see. You know, that's like... That's like the only... Like, that, hold on. That's like... We talked about this, I think, about two years ago. That's like showing people the guts underneath, underneath the ring. Do you know what I'm saying? Bingo. And they did that in that episode, too, in that exposed wrestling. That's what... We talked about it. Why do you think I brought uh, it up? Sean, I retain everything you tell me. I'm a sponge, baby. Um, that, that tape in 98, they, uh, with Harley racing it as the booker, they tried to <clears> show what the ring was like. Unfortunately, rings like that no longer exist. Um, those were the rings with the giant springs in them. And there's some out there, you know, I'm yeah. sure. That's the one but, I'm talking about. Cause you showed it to me. You said, Kate, look at this. Tell me what you see. Tell me what you shouldn't be seeing. Tell me what you don't want to see. I says, I don't well, want to the see thing the about the spring is I, the I, spring I said never... to you, I said to you, I said, holy shit, there's a spring underneath underneath there, really? And Steve's like, you didn't know that? And I'm like, no. I said, I figured there'd be tools, maybe some chairs, maybe some tables, maybe a kendo stick or two, but whoa. Those giant springs never yeah. had any gifts. Unless you were Andre the Giant size or Yokozuna. Exactly. Uh, Other speaking than that, of... You're getting, you're getting a small bounce, and that's about it. I watched yes. it. Um, speaking of Yokozuna, Cornette yeah. mentioned him in his uh, podcast this week about how they sent him to camp and tried to get Yoko to lose some weight. And, um, you know, Yoko, uh, oh, at first, they got over 200 pounds off of Yoko of water weight when he yeah. first got there and weighed 800 pounds. But then some, he found somebody to sneak him in food and gained all the weight back. And that's when... You know, that's like he right should around have been the time. watched a lot closer than he was. Um, but going back to this John Stossel and Eddie Mansfield, Eddie Mansfield, I don't have any respect for. Um, I know he was set up, but if you were willing to go to that length to expose the business for uh, what appeared to be your own personal gain, I don't have any use for you. Um, mm. I, I, I did not. I just I, I I I sat there and watched that and I'm like okay you're 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 showing John Stossel all the body plans and now we're showing him how to we blade and I'm like oh my god like why 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 does this all need to be exposed because you needed some way to protect yourself or you were trying to get some kind of payoff from ABC um, right well yeah. But then, but then also though too, you have to remember on this um, the other guy who was not interviewed, but he was the other he was the other uh, part of the uh, um, 
Eddie Mansfield segments of that of that particular uh, episode and that. And the reason that he was that he wound up blackballed out of the business was because he refused a sexual advance by Jim Barnett. Who 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 refused it? Well, I'm trying to. You I'm actually what? looking up to try and find know, to try and you, find you, his you, name. Yeah, yeah, because you know. But, the, but the other, but the other guy that was uh, doing the demonstration with uh, Eddie Mansfield had been blackballed out of the business because he refused a sexual advance by Jim Barnett. Oh my goodness! Well, so Sadness. yeah, so I mean, you know, people people talk about. Uh, you know, all the Pat Patterson stuff and mm, um, Pat, what, what, what Pat Patterson stuff. Um, can you enlighten me a little bit without, you know? Oh, there's, 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 uh, there's, t- there's tons of, of stories about that. Um, I mean, uh, I know he's gay Billy, and Jack, all, but... Billy Jack Haynes, Billy Jack Haynes talked about how, uh, one night, uh, when he, uh, was, uh, coming out of the shower, uh, Patterson, uh, stuck at, Stuck a thumb up his butt. Coil checked him and basically and basically propositioned him. So he got an oil check. Oh my god, oil check and a prop. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, oh I mean, they talked. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, back in back in the uh, you know in the in the commentary on the uh, on the nineteen you know on the nineteen eighty. Uh, on the 1980s uh, Madison Square Garden shows, and that um, yeah. they used to talk about how a certain, you know, how certain wrestlers were um, students of the uh, Pat Patterson and uh, Terry Garvin School of Self Defense, which was which was basically an open inside joke that uh, that uh, they had put a move on this person in the car. Uh, on the way to the hotel or something, and he, you know, and the and the person fought him off and basically was reduced to jobbing. Well, and that's you know that's the other thing. Now, does David Schultz handle that wrong? I don't think so. I look. No, if you how, how are you if, supposed to tell me how you're supposed to well, handle that? I'll tell I'll tell I'm you telling. how I would have done it. How I would have done it. Mm. I'd have put him I'd have put him in an arm bar, snugged that arm bar up real tight so that he was feeling pain shooting near his shoulder and said So he knew about it. Yeah. Is said, Now does that feel fake? And mm-hmm. when you know, and when he's like going down on his knees and that, then let him go and say that's what I do. Only I do it twice as hard out there mm-hmm. when I'm getting and, paid. Um, yeah, I, I, and yeah, and of course our regular listeners do do watch what we tell them to watch. And he's saying David Schultz would take a dump and rub his rub shit into his armpit, and the first thing you put a guy into a headlock with it. That's just well, that's that one of the guys that Schultz wrestled against. Yeah, that one was actually his guys. trainer. That was yeah. actually his trainer. That's, yeah, that was that's, his trainer, you know, Eric. 
and and the, and you know, and the Welch family is itself, okay. Welch yeah. is the actual last name of the Fuller brothers. Oh. Ron, 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 and Ron and uh, Jimmy Fuller are actually are actually uh, Robert and uh, James Welch. They're they're okay. direct relatives. Excuse me. So. I'm drinking. Yeah. You know, they they were they were they were taught that exact same way. <laughs> oh. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Well, next week is going to be on Herb Abrams and the UWF. And folks, oh, uh, God. Oh, uh, uh, there we uh, have to uh, we have to dub this season uh, cocaine because this there has been a lot of talk about cocaine in some of these episodes she's all already. Right, she's all right. She's all right. Okay. And uh, next week they're down. they're going to talk about how. Herb Abrams was so high on cocaine that he was smothered in Vaseline, or at least that's the okay. that's the rumor Steve, and innuendo. Steve, man. Well, that's they the police report. Steve, Steve, if there's going to be cocaine used in an episode, they should just be playing some Eric Clapton. She don't mind, <laughs> she don't mind, she don't mind cocaine. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, okay. Now, now we got now we got to put this one out to another cornet uh, clip because uh, uh, we've had another controversy, uh, another uh, claim of a uh, account being hacked and uh, somebody's somebody's goodies getting uh, pulled out there on the internet. And you know, and if you guys don't know who it is, you're not going to believe this. I've been the controversy with the Velveteen Dream. Oh! I, I heard that Velveteen Dream did something on his phone <laughs> that he shouldn't have done, apparently, but he says he didn't do it. That's all I know. I'll read a little bit from an article here. Several questions were about this. Well, I don't, you know, here's another thing. Somebody asked me the other day, why do you not have a smartphone? Why do I – the real estate agent I'm working with in Oklahoma called me seven times in a row the other day without knowing that she'd called me, but I'm listening to her talking to somebody else. People send pictures and messages that are leaked and put up on the Internet or, or subpoenaed to go to court when people who are actively doing something that they're going to get sued over and is illegal or is going to lose them the suit are putting it in writing in material that will be subpoenaed for the case or uh, what the fuck why do you that's even that's russoing yourself times 10 sending the wrong email to somebody just because you're fucking stupid these phones all they do is send goddamn shit to people whether you want them to have it or not well this is from an article in newsweek by philip martinez WWE NXT superstar Velveteen Dream has denied allegations that he had any inappropriate communication with a minor. Friday, Dream, real name Patrick Clark Jr., was accused of sending inappropriate photos to minors in a now-deleted post on Reddit. The alleged victim claims that the photos were sent over Instagram direct messaging and provided screenshots of the exchange. 
The victim claims to be 17 years old. However, their friends, who allegedly also received inappropriate photos, are 15 and 16. The alleged victim says that the exchange was from Dream's verified Instagram account and that the phone number used is from a Washington, D.C. area code, Dream's hometown. They also allege that the voice in the calls was accurate and that the picture he sent is believable. Velveteen Dream denied the allegations on Twitter. Be assured, I did not communicate inappropriately with anyone. A private photo of mine was shared without my consent, without my consent or knowledge, and I am working with a third party to look into this matter. At the time of this writing, no charges have been filed. Newsweek has reached out to WWE for a statement and will update if one is delivered. So am I to understand from all of this hoo-ha that he sent somebody a picture of his dick and and either says he didn't do it or somebody else did it for him? I think that's kind of what it is. Someone apparently received a picture of the velveteen dick, and he's saying that it was indeed a photo of him, but he was hacked. So I guess smooth, baby. They're saying no. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He was hacked. Oh, I thought you meant his dick was hacked. I was going to say he's apologizing for the appearance of his dick. The dick wasn't hacked. The dick is apparently intact. Since <laughs> 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 a hacked dick is intact. But apparently there was also, from what I'm reading here, phone calls where they heard his voice and that the verified account links to a Washington, D.C. phone number, which is where his phone What? Oh, my God. You know, I've always said that there were cell phones in the 80s that none of the guys would – all of them would have been in jail and or none of them would have been married longer than two weeks. But these fucking guys today, they don't know how to cover their shit up. You don't fucking call from your – even before there was such a thing as caller ID, there were phone bills that you got on paper. You never call a girl from your house. You always go to a pay phone, and you don't use a fucking calling card in your name if the bill comes to your house. You use fucking change and pay for it as you go along. And you definitely do not say things on answering machines or voicemails. You don't let compromising <laughs> pictures be taken past a picture in a parking lot at the fucking local 7-Eleven of you and fans. And, you know, Dennis Condry was a master. One time, his first wife, he left the house one day to go to the town about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And he came back that night about 1 in the morning, just like normal. thing was, he wasn't booked that day. But he drove to where he was going Spent the leisure time there, and then on the way back to get back at the right time, he stopped by a gas station, took his fucking wrestling bag in the bathroom, wet his tights, and like he'd sweated and shit, and fucking went home and dumped them out. And said, Boy, I'm sore. I'm going to bed. Boom, there you go. These guys <laughs> can't cover their shit now for shit. Well, also, it's one thing to cover your tracks when cheating. It's another thing when apparently you're sending these photos to someone who's underage. Well, yes, even all the more. Would you want to cover that up? I'm, I'm Once again, I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong. I'm saying that's something you would probably want to cover up. So I'll just use my own phone with a traceable phone number, my own fucking gimmick account, whatever. And why don't you get the goddamn evidence notarized while you're at it, just to make it easier for everybody. Mm. That's why I'm saying, fuck. 
it, it, maybe I've been wrong all along about wrestling television. When I say the camera in the back that always catches people saying things they wouldn't want said in public or doing things, committing crimes. I said wrestlers are the worst fucking criminals ever. They're committing a crime with a goddamn camera on them. Maybe they are that stupid. I'm, I, regardless of what you're doing, whether it's something you shouldn't do or something you legally shouldn't do, don't be a fucking idiot and just do it out in front of everybody with your own goddamn, you know, fucking face and phone number or whatever. At least try to make some effort to be sneaky about this shit, wouldn't you think? Well, back to the topic at hand. Velveteen Dream, how do you think this will affect him? Well, depending on what he did and whether he did or didn't do it, uh, it's going to fucking probably either affect him not at all or, or pretty goddamn much. Because I, I don't think... Shouldn't affect him at all. That they're, that they're, the uh, sending of genitalia pictures to underage people of either sex is fucking something that's permissible in a publicly traded company, do you? No. And beyond the underage thing, just in general... What do you think about the idea that so many people, it's happened, so many of the women have gotten hacked? We've seen nude photos of a lot of these women wrestlers get out. And even the male wrestlers. There was a Seth Rollins photo a few years mm-hmm. back going around. What do you think about the idea that so many people are taking dick pics, so many people are sexting each other, and <laughs> sending these photos around? Well, that's what I'm saying. You're putting shit in writing one way or another. Something's going to go south sooner or later in all these deals. So, <clears throat> you know, you're putting shit in writing. And you used to have to work a lot harder to take some naughty photographs. You had to find a place that would fucking develop them on the fucking you know, on the on the QT <laughs> as they used to say. And and you know, and I mm-hmm. always, as a matter of fact, I tried to bring things that would help set the fucking scenery and everything because I had the fucking artistic background being a photographer. Uh, but there, you know, what? Uh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. You don't. What do you mean? You, like candles? What would you bring? <laughs> Well, it just depends on the fucking on the the theme of the shoot. Is it the Arabian Nights? Is it fucking me, Tarzan, Eugene up in the tree? And you know you gotta get you gotta get the fucking theme going. But anyway, you don't just fucking toss this stuff out willy nilly out in the fucking parking lot or pass it out at the arena. That's what you're doing with the cell phone and all this fucking internet stuff. I prefer hard copies of pictures. With negatives that have to be hand-carried around and processed in various quiet locations. And then you, you keep things under control that way. These guys are fucking amateurs. They're just fucking flooding the world with their shit. I'm firmly in, in favor of naughty photographs. But not when you can accidentally be trying to fucking order a goddamn Domino's pizza and send a picture of your fucking sphincter out to the goddamn world. <laughs> oh God, that is so oh, that okay. is so bad. I have a question. Question: What yes. does it mean when you're taking pictures on the, getting them developed on the QT? What is what is? Okay, I'm I'm glad you asked that because I was actually going to uh, relay a story from my pre wrestling years because in Isn't my pre wrestling years. I actually worked at a retail photo store. We sold cameras. We sold film. We were, we were actually owned by a photo lab in Chicago and that. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
and we actually there were actually lab rules regarding nudity. They would they nudity. would go ahead and develop it. They would develop it. They would even develop it if if there if there were you know uh, a couple, okay. But yeah. there but their rule was hair next to hair was okay, hair on top of hair was not, and they would not and they would not print that type of stuff. Oh, and then wow. we actually we actually we had we had a guy that used to come in, and I will remember this guy's last name the rest of my life because it definitely uh, describes him. His name was Seeds. And this seeds. guy was definitely, yeah, this guy was definitely Seedy. He, all he took was, all he took was slides of women, you know, in various, in various naked stages. And we all went, and we found, and when we found out the first time that he had, that he had slides duplicated, that was what he was doing. Every time, every time he came in, after he left, we'd go in the back with a uh, with a uh, whiteboard, and we'd look at and we'd look at slides to see what he what he what he had yeah. brought over to be to be duplicated. And this one time, it was a, it was a check. It was well, this this was this is, I think this would make one summer at band camp seem like uh, seem like child's play. But uh, but this but this gal yeah well this gal he had pictures she had a champagne bottle and that oh my and and she poured the the, there's slides of her pouring the champagne onto herself and then taking the champagne bottle and yeah putting it right in there. That's not good because the suction you can suck your innards out into the bottle. I've heard about that. Yeah, oh. I forgot what I was gonna say because now all I, all I can think of is champagne. <laughs> <laughs> and do and but, doing and yeah. doing weird and doing perverted things with yeah. the, with the empty champagne bottle. No, <laughs> no, no, never. No, that's wrong. But we did we did empty a champagne bottle and a buddy of mine did pee in it. And we did serve it to the guy and all he could say was salty. Salty one. Yep. Oh my God, that sounds. That reminds me of the scene in Hollywood Nights, um, where where they where they where they pee in the punch and that. Yeah. And and you and you and you and you you know and the and the and the one gal says says this has a familiar wang to it. Booking whore. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, booking whore. <laughs> booking whore. So there we go. Our 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 phrase, our phrase of the night is booking whore. Uh, booking whore. And and speak and oh speaking my. of and speaking of booking whores. Let's see. I can get him to say whore, but Kevin, I can't get him to say asshole or anything. You know. Kevin. Kevin. Kevin Kevin Dunn sold off um, approximately a million and a half dollars worth of WWE stock today. Thirty-three thousand oh, wow. shares at at forty-five, forty-six per share. 
So does that mean um, he's out of the that, company once and for all? Oh no! Oh no! He has. He still has one hundred twenty-five thousand three hundred sixty-one shares. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah. So yeah. So the, no. There's there's no there's no getting rid of Kevin Dunn anytime soon. So. Good. Um, I like them. I don't care. Unique Canadian talent. So, yep. Yeah. Oh, and then of course, and of course, obviously the uh, big news uh, today: uh, Joe Hennig, aka Curtis oh. Axel. Oh. Got got his got his got his release. Not surprised. Yo, I'm I'm actually I'm actually happy for him. Here is the guy who yo. Know, is I mean part of wrestling royalty. You know, he's the he's the son of Kurt Hennig. He is the grandson of the legendary Larry the Axe Hennig, who I watched as a child. And that and he wasn't even allowed to use the Hennig name. Yeah. Oh uh, he That's he was bad. he was always he was always billed under 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 you know some sort of fake name and that um so um okay and uh on the uh and on the doing a good deed side also today Braun Strowman um Braun Strowman reached out to two Orlando restaurants this week Beefy King and uh Jimmy Hulu's and he had he had um he donated a thousand meals to local hospital workers in Orlando. So nice, very nice. So 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 kudos kudos to the Universal Champion for uh for doing for doing something like that. You know? Kudos indeed. So, all right. Well, next week, be Brian Blair, Yay! who will be fresh off of he will be fresh off of his appearance on Dark Side of the Ring and After Dark. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll get more into the uh, Herb Abrams situation. And yeah, that's you know, I mean, this one this this week wasn't hard. It was. Just it was it was aggravating and frustrating at times just mm-hmm. to see some of the you know some of the crap that went uh, went down in that. This one is going to be one of those real uncomfortable once again. Absolutely. So, all right. All right. Well, thank you to Casey Carlisle and Rob and all of our other callers and guests and listeners here tonight. We will be back next week and it'll be fun. Yes. Yes, it will be. It's always a good show when, when B comes on, and I can call him B and you can't. And, yeah, so it's getting warmer out there. So Mr. Uh, B, Brian Blair will probably be cracking a cider. Well, I uh, have a glass of wine. So in your sundress. Be here. Yeah, in my sundress. So, uh, yeah, it'll be Flirt Fest Part 4. <laughs> and, I'm, 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 and I'm winning 2-1. Yeah. So bring it, B. 
bring it, B. And I don't care because I'm usually not on air till around 8.30. I get to screen them. I don't care if you got to throw me in there with them or nothing. I need to speak to B before you all get to hear B. And that's just the way it be. <laughs> 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 oh, God. I can't wait. You don't even until understand. Until then, you know? until him. then, don't be a booking whore. And don't yeah. be a booking whore, eh? <laughs> no yeah. whore. No whore. No horror booking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although I've seen a lot of horror, although I've seen a lot of horrible booking. Horrible booking. <laughs> oh God. My. We've also right. seen some horrors booking wrestling. Oh, and that's yeah. going to be hilarious. <laughs> yep. 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 All right. All right. So, say good night, Sean. Good night, John. Kate, <laughs> tell them what time it is. Well, you know what time it is, folks. You don't have to go home. <laughs> no, okay. it's 9.02. It's 9.02. 9.02. Good night, everybody. Closing time. Open all the doors into the world Closing time Turn all of the lights on Over every boy and every girl Closing time One last call for alcohol So finish your whiskey or beer Closing time You don't have to go home